and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, creative processes, likes and dislikes. This time I'm talking to Ben Mackay about his stunning landscape work. Award-winning photographer and artist Ben Mackay is a Sydney native with a passion for travel and photography. His adventures have taken him around the world, both solo and more recently with his young family. After many years of working in sales and marketing with large brands like Red Bull and Coca-Cola, Ben took his passion for travel and photography to a new level and ventured into a full-time creative role, starting the Ocean Fields art brand. Ben also creates media for many brands and businesses. With his unique skill set of media creation and marketing, he understands the needs of business and tailors the media to suit each brand. We discuss how his career has evolved and the importance of building a personal brand with clients, the way social media and NFTs are changing photography, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, Ben. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to be here. Oh, thanks for uh, taking the time. Uh, really pleased you've uh, you, you've joined us. Um, and uh, looking forward to learning a, a lot more about how you do and why you do what you do. So um, why don't you start with how you got started in photography and, you know, tell us the, the Ben Mackay story. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so for me, uh, I, I started dabbling, I guess, in photography. I think as everyone starts with photography, they kind of, you know, pick up a camera and they take a photo of a flower or something like that. Um, so that, that started with me uh, in high school. So I was kind of interested in um, just kind of art in general. Yep. Um, and then a photography class came up and I, I took the class. Um, and I think it lasted about uh, two months and the class folded because too many people dropped out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, and then that was the uh, that was the last time I, I had picked up a camera in t- any terms of ways of learning about photography uh, for probably another 10 years after that. But I've always, I was always interested in photography. Um, and I was definitely interested in travel. Um, and so I, I kind of compared those two together in the early days. And it was more about traveling and it's just more about documenting my travels. And, you know, this is um, around, you know, the early 2000s. Um, uh, but I was working in a corporate job. I was working in the, um, the drinks industry um, for many years. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had started my own side hustles at home, just doing my own e-commerce businesses, running businesses online. Yep. And, uh, and things started to go really well for me. So I, I quit my, uh, my career and um, decided that I would, you know, pursue my own um, business at home. And so, and that started to go actually quite well for me as well, to the point where it was kind of, um, it was fairly well automated. I had a couple of staff that kind of ran it for me. And then it gave me opportunities to probably just do a little bit more traveling. Um, and then with that, I started to pick up the camera a lot more. Um, to the point where my business uh, pretty much was fully neglected, and um, and so, but my photography and my videography was kind of taking over. So I started picking up clients for um, for producing media uh, for them, and then um, in the end, I closed my business down, and now I'm full time creative with uh, with a camera, and so oh. that's kind of the uh, the the shorter version of how I got to where I am today. So three careers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. So I guess you know 
talk talk to me a little bit about how you got into that uh, mindset around saying, okay, well, you know, photography and videography is is really going to be what I want to do from now on. Yeah, I think what in the early days, like of me, that transition, I, I, I really didn't want to pursue it because I had a passion for it and I really loved to do it. And so I didn't want to actually do it for a job because, you know, um, my career at the time was even though I I built a pretty good career, I didn't really enjoy doing the work that I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy going to work. I didn't enjoy working for someone else. And um, and so I was kind of enjoying working for myself and allowing my my e-commerce business to be, um, you know, where I've made my income. And so I was really conscious about that in the beginning because I didn't want to feel like I, I hated doing, um, you know, taking photos for people or anything like that because I didn't want to lose the passion for it. I really enjoyed, I kind of felt like that was a part of me that I really wanted to keep and I didn't want to, allow that to be disrupted by um by money i guess but um i guess the the more jobs i took on the more i i kind of realized that it was um it was something that i wasn't losing passion for the more jobs i picked up yeah some some clients were definitely a little bit more difficult than others but um you know it it didn't it didn't bother me to the point in fact uh every time i would shoot something new for someone it it just got me excited it got me um I felt like I, I could wake up each day with a little bit more, um, you know, my, my brain was being used for a creative purpose and I felt really comfortable in that space. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit a little bit strange in the beginning to to kind of, um, you know, go down that path because um, I just, I, yeah, as I said, I didn't really want to do it. But, um, yeah, the more I did it, the more I just loved it. And the more jobs that I picked up and the bigger clients that I picked up and I just felt uh, just more encouraged by every single job that I picked up. Um, you know, and I tried. I tried to kind of vary my work as well because I don't want to be stuck into too much of a niche in terms of where my income came from. And so I think that was probably really important for me. Um, I have a lot of friends who are uh, wedding photographers, and and they just they yeah. don't they don't really enjoy their work. They 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 actually hate their work. Yeah. So yeah. you can see it in their face when they rock up to work. You know, or when they have to edit. You know, seven or eight different weddings. They just they're just not into it. And so I didn't want to be like that. And so I kind of varied my work to kind of balance it out a little bit too. Yeah, nice. So what, what sort of genres are you into in terms of the commercial stuff? Um, so I definitely, uh, when it comes to commercial, I I don't have any restriction on it. I, apart from probably um, real estate, I'll probably burn out on real estate more than anything. Yeah. Um, so whenever I have someone ask me to do real estate, it, it usually comes with an extremely high price tag. So if I do it, at least I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, fair and enough. So, um, but um, yeah, I, I pretty I I said to you before we started recording that you know I've just started picking up um, some weddings, which is something I haven't uh, really done. But with COVID, it kind of it, it gave me the opportunity because a lot of my work prior to that has been with um, travel and tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also look after a whole bunch of different areas. So I do I produce photo and video for all sorts of different. Uh, clients but i would say travel and tourism is probably my main industry and where i where i prefer to work because i just love traveling uh, for one yeah. um i was definitely a traveler before i was a, a creative i guess so it was, it's definitely in the blood um but yeah I, I you know i've got a few clients that i do work for for a few law firms i do a couple of small businesses um i've, I've worked in the uh, the mining industry in terms of um you know construction industry so i've done a whole bunch of different stuff it's pretty varied what i do yeah right so you're finding you're picking a lot of that up just through word of mouth or is it more 
a concerted effort on your part in terms of marketing and, and branding? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I don't actually uh, push for a lot of clients. Um, most of the clients I get come through word of mouth, which is really great because um, my, my previous role in the drinks industry was um, in sales and marketing. So that was kind of my job. Yep. Uh, but when it came to my creative work, I really didn't enjoy doing that. I really didn't. Uh, I didn't enjoy knocking on doors as much as um, uh, as much as I probably should should. Um, and so I've, I've kind of just lent on word of mouth. But I do the, the times when I do, it's just when, when it's with someone or I know there's a campaign coming up that I really want to be a part of. Yep. Those are kind of the only times where I, you know, I push the boundaries of knocking on doors and you know trying to get my, um, you know, my face in front of them so they can book me. Uh, but most of the time, it's just word of mouth, and I'm I'm happy to go with that. And so, um, it's I suppose because my income comes from a few different places. Like I have my own creative work, and I sell my own prints and artwork. Yep. And so, you know, I don't have to uh, push too hard in those areas. I mean, I think anyone who's got a camera and does it for work would probably always love to have a little bit more money. There's probably not oh, as yeah. um, <laughs> you know, we're not in it for the big bucks. I don't think, but you know, so we'd all love to um, earn a little bit more money. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I've got a few different income sources that hopefully I don't have to, you know, and if I have to, I will, I, there's no, there's no issues with that. I just, um, I think I've got a, I've got a few retainer clients, which um, kind of hold, hold the, the ship steady. And then uh, from time to time, if I really want to work with someone, then I'll, you know, I'll reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. How, how important do you think it is uh, in, in terms of developing your own personal brand? you know in terms of the the commercial stuff but also in terms of the uh you know your your own you know uh landscape or you know travel work that you're doing on on the side of that yeah i think well i mean i, I would say for for me personally it's, it's been huge um so being able to have a presence um you know on certain social media platforms and and things like that and just have the uh the social credibility that that co that comes with is um has been huge it's 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 allowed me to just um I, I guess probably book a lot more clients than i probably would not have had if i didn't have my own personal brand attached to it so um it's difficult because i know there's a lot like i have a lot of friends who don't have that same sort of presence online and um and but they they're they're amazing their work is amazing but it just like sometimes people just don't perceive the quality if they don't have that sort of presence so i think it's very important if you can to try and build um, an audience in those spaces because um you know the social proof is just a it's just a big thing for a lot of a lot of clients a lot of companies and you know a reel or a um, a portfolio of work will help you help you get there but um you know there's just that extra little bit when you come with a personal brand attached to it as well yeah do you think it's becoming tougher now than it was say you know five even ten years ago in in social media i i mean i I know a lot of photographers you know they're complaining about the 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 shift that Instagram's made in particular to more video than um than still photos and you know they're they're complaining also that their um engagement is is dropping. Um, yep. Do you think that's playing into the difficulty that some people might be facing in terms of getting visibility? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, there's like for me personally, like a lot of I, especially with my own artwork, my own prints, like when, when my engagement goes down, my sales are directly related to that. So yep. 
Uh, when engagement's high, I'm, I'm generally selling a lot more uh, prints. And when engagement's low, I'm selling a bunch less. So, um, so for people who are trying to just you know grind away an audience and build an audience, it's it's extremely difficult now. Um, so unless you're you're able to pivot and start learning how to um, make really engaging TikToks and Instagram reels, it's it's a difficult space for you to just publish a static image now. Um, Landscape photography is a bit of a tough ask for some of that too. I mean, there's, yeah, there is. are things yep. that you can do and you can get quite creative. I've seen some amazing stuff in the in the video space, but um, yeah, for for selling still, still images, I'm, I'm I'm just not not sure that it's going to be uh, viable for too much longer. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's it's it is one of those things. It's like. Um, I never get um I never get too angry like I know like there's there's frustration from a lot of creatives about um you know we don't own these platforms even though like I have my biggest audience on Instagram um I don't own Instagram so it's not my platform yeah. and so when it changes like I, yeah I can be frustrated because I rely on it for a, a part of my income um but at the same time it's just like you I it's it's something that I recognized very early on, even when I first started Instagram, is that, you know, this is not a platform that I can control to yeah. an, a certain extent. And so there's going to probably be a time where that will shift or maybe Instagram is being taken over by another thing. Like, you know, maybe TikTok will just completely destroy Instagram altogether because, you know, they seem to be going head to head on a video front. And, you know, like whether or not we all think that that's a good business decision by uh, Facebook or Instagram to go down that, that path, it, you know, it's not up to us. And so I, I've always felt that if it, um, you know, like I don't own the platform. So if it changes, I just have to, I have to move with it. I have to move and I have to pivot. I have to change. And if I want to be in the video space and short, create short form video, uh, then I'll do that. And if I don't, then I'll, I'm going to have to find alternative ways to continue to doing what I'm doing. But yeah, you know, yeah. I never get too frustrated because it's just like, well, this is kind of out of my control. I'm never going to, I'm not going to knock on Mark Zuckerberg's door and, you know, tell them how to do things. You know, I'm sure if collectively the whole world decided to walk away from it, then maybe he would change the way things are done. But you know, as individuals, I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. I guess you know, it's uh, it's the right attitude to take, and you know, the I, the the challenge is, you know, if you if you look at it from a, a pure market perspective, you just say, all right, well, the market's changed or is changing. So you've got to pivot and adjust to how that market is being, you know, dealt with or marketed within, you know, and yeah, I, exactly I a, lot, right. a lot of people, you know, that are looking at it from a professional perspective, unless they're actually, you know, thinking in those terms, they're, they're likely to kind of get left behind a little maybe. Yeah, that's it. And I think like, and I think that is the case as well. You know, I'm sure that there was, um, I, don't, I'm not, I don't remember it that well, but I, you know, I'm sure that there was a lot of film photographers back in the day when digital came around, but they were like, no, I'm not going oh, yeah. to move to that. That's, you know, it's, it's not pure enough, you know? And so, you know, making that shift for a lot of people, it's the same thing. You know, there's um, even with, with drone technology, like I, I fly my drone quite a fair bit and um you know, a lot of people are like, no, you know, the, the images that come out of these drones are not like, you know, I'm shooting from a helicopter and nothing, nothing but. And so yeah, yeah. I just feel like, you know, there's there's certain things that are going to move and, you know, if you don't move with it, then you, you may get left behind in certain certain spaces. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's uh, 100% right. 
So what is it that you're chasing most in your photography? And I'm talking here, I guess, more about your own creative work rather than the, the, the commercial side of things. Um, that's a good question. It's very open to, um, like, I, I feel like for, for me, it's always about, um, it's always about the experience of the moment. Like it's, it's never about like, um, I, I never think about, um, like just chasing a certain shot. I mean, sometimes I do, like, I think, like, I think we, we should all strive or have a list or a bucket, you know, bucket shot list that people talk yeah. about. Um, but for me, it's always just about like, um, finding an, an experience or capturing a moment and then being able to, um, you know, reproduce that. Um, so it lives on forever. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, what, my, what I'm looking for. And I, I, I generally like to, cause a lot of my, um, personal work is very like pastel colors. And, um, you know, I, I definitely like to, uh, you know, soften my colors up a, a lot. So I, I try to give it a certain feeling and a certain emotion that you can get when you look at my images. And so, um, I'm more chasing, just producing more moments to have more of an emotive response rather than, um, you know, a scene or a, um, you know, or, or a, uh, or a specific shot. Sometimes they combine up together, but generally speaking, I'm just looking for, um, I'm just looking to capture moments more. And I think, um, I don't know, like there's sometimes I, I'll, I'll change, you know, now that the world of NFTs is here as well, like my brain thinks on another level now. And so, um, yeah. And so I, I think about producing work much differently, just as I think a lot of photographers pivoted to producing work for Instagram, so they would shoot a lot more vertically. Yep. Um, I now think a little bit differently again when now that NFTs are a, you know, are a thing. You know, I feel like this is a really great way to have people see your work because I think as all creatives, we want people to appreciate the work that we produce, but also be um, rewarded for that in terms of uh, and supported by that by people purchasing it as well yeah right and so yeah so now i think about that i think about you know what how can i translate the personal work that i do into some sort of collection uh that will live in you know in a gallery somewhere or um or or may work well as someone um who's looking to collect or um and so i i definitely think that way and i'm starting to think less about shooting vertically and more about just what what will work from a collection point of view or a um yeah. you know an artistic point of view rather than um you know what's going to work well for a certain format or platform sure you mentioned uh your use of pastel colors um would you say that's sort of the main style flavor or you know or is there a specific feeling that you're aiming for in your work yeah i think like the um uh, the use of color is definitely a big part of what I do. Um, it's, um, I guess it's, it's just a portion of it. It's probably what people probably recognize most when they see my work. Um, and I think early on, like, you know, it's even from like, um, from my own personal style, like I, I enjoyed producing work like that, but I also thought about it from a point of view, like as I grow, like I want, I want people to recognize what I do. Yeah. Um, and it's nice when, you know, when I put a piece of work out there and, you know, people can recognize it before they've even seen my name attached to it. And so that's, um, you know, that, I think that's what everyone strives for. Everyone strives to find whatever, what's their flavor, what's their style. And, um, and the colors is something that I definitely worked on early, early on, like, you know, you know, five, 10 years ago about, you know, how do I separate myself from, you know, the pack for one. And then, but also like, what can I do that, um, or how can I produce my work that, 
you know, that I really enjoy producing and then I can do this long-term. Because I think anyone who starts out, you know, you, you might dabble in a few different ways. You might you might um, follow a, a certain person or a couple of different people and you, you may mimic, you know, their styles. And, um, and I think that's fine to an extent. You know, some people really have uh, an issue about, you know, copycats and, you know, comp stompers and things like that. But I, I, I really have no issues with that. When, whenever I see someone who, um, who, who copies almost the exact same composition and the exact same style of editing and, and the flavor of pastels, like I, it, it actually makes me feel a little bit good inside, um, where some people get really offended by it. But for me, I feel like if they haven't, like for me, it, it clearly looks like they've just copied straight from me. So for me, that's very flattering for me. And, that, and I think that's a, I think that's the right way to look at it rather than get angry and, you know, approach people. And, you yeah. know, I've seen people you know, reach out to others and like, how, do you, how dare you just straight up copy me or, or whatever it is. But I, I don't know. But what, what are we, what are we going to do about it? There's nothing we can well, really, this, really this do it. about it. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, if you, if, uh, and I know you don't do it a lot, but you know, if you were taking a, a shot of Sydney Harbour Bridge or the, the Opera House, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to tell somebody they can't take a shot of that? There's, there's uh, that's right. Millions you know? of photographers that have came before me or anyone else that have, have shot it too. So, you know. <laughs> no, that's right. And like, you have to and, go and back I, to the guy I, that originally shot it back in 1932 when it opened. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's exactly so, well, it. You're all, you're all stomping on my comp, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And so I, I feel like as well, like, you know, it's not like I, I haven't done it before either. You know, I, I've had the inspiration from somewhere too. You know, nothing's nothing's new. It's just reinvented, I guess. And so, um, you know, and I think that's important too. Like, I've, I, like I look at people and if they're just straight up doing exactly the same of everything, then it's like, okay, well, you're not really pushing your own personal boundaries here. Um, yeah. You just, you, you, your motivations here are probably... Uh, they probably sit somewhere else. So for me, I might get inspired by someone else's photo and all I want to do is build on that, you know, and that's how we all become better. You know, we, we look at something like that and we're like, how can we put our own twist and flavour to it and how can we make it our own? Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, as you said, people look at the Harbour Bridge all the time, but, you know, it's the ones that can separate yourselves from everyone else is where they, they take their unique take on it. You know, they, they wait for a certain uh, weather moment or they wait for a, um, you know, a certain event to happen where they can capture it the way it's never been done before. Yeah. Uh, it's still the same old bridge. It hasn't moved. Um, but, you know, you've done something different with it. And yeah, I think that's how we improve. That's how we all become better. That's a bit unique. Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. So what do, you, what do you think you're trying to communicate with your photography? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, I feel like um, with me, I just like... I. I don't even, sometimes I don't even think about what I'm trying to communicate. It's more just like, I'm just trying to produce things that make me, um, like me happy, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so I think in turn, like if I, um, if I look to please, um, like myself first, I, I feel like that's where I'm probably producing better work. Uh, I think the times when I start producing, um, for other people or for engagement or for things like that. Is where I probably find myself in my own mental rut, and then I, I feel like I don't have the creative juice flowing again, and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm hampered by that. So I try not to. I mean, I think we all go through these uh, demons that we battle in terms of like, you know, are we good enough, or I, I can't, you know, I can't do anything, or you, you look at everything you've done, and you say I hate it, you know, I can't, yeah. everything yeah. you do is not good enough. Um, well, that, but I, I feel like if I just right. produce, <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I feel like if I just produce for me like um hopefully 
you know, what that'll communicate to other people is, um, you know, just something like, especially for my personal work, like the personal work I do is really what I'm doing is just trying to create uh, scenes where people can feel uh, an emotional attachment to it. Uh, they can feel relaxed. Um, in terms of like my print sales, I think a lot of people uh, who purchase from me have told me that they either have an emotional connection to the location that I've shot yep. or um, they've got emotional uh, connection to the image itself and so if I can just produce those sort of um, feelings from people then I feel like that's you know and if I'm producing it for myself first I feel like someone else hopefully will relate to that too yeah right right so when when you're going out and about and you know thinking about you know a, a shoot are you planning it you know intensely before you get out and you've got a, a kind of shot in mind or are you you know just sort of expecting to find something and let that inspire you on as you as you go yeah i think um i, I definitely try to plan some things um and then i leave room for just like seeing something in the moment uh it's one of the it's one of the reasons probably why i really enjoy drone photography because Mm. Um, I mean, you can try and plan as much as you can, but you, you're never going to be, you know, 100 metres in the air to kind of like just look at something. And so in, in my mind, generally, like if I'm, if I'm flying somewhere where I haven't flown before, you know, you can look at Google Maps and things like that to kind of give you an aerial perspective. But yeah. most of my drone work is never really from a straight top-down bird's eye view. Most of my drone work is is definitely trying to capture a little bit more lines and depth. And so usually I shoot on a little bit more of an angle. Um, and so that's generally hard to um, plan for. And so in my mind, I might think that some, something is, you know, there's a composition or there's a certain shot that I want to take. And so I'll plan for it and I'll plan around the weather and, uh, <clears throat> and the time of day and things like that. But um, I always leave room to be creative or to be able to spot something in the moment because I think if we over, over plan it, then we might miss those moments and we might miss... I think for me, especially like some of the best moments that I've ever captured is um, around ones that I've planned, but not planned to get. So the ones that I've shot and that I'm the, the most happiest with are the ones that I found in the moment. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I'll, some, sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's ones that I've planned and I've planned for months and I've just been waiting for the right conditions and everything to kind of come in and align, you know, all together at once. And when it does, it's very, very satisfying. Um, but for the most time, I'm always trying to do a little bit of both. I think if you if you don't play in anything, which is which is fine, I think, um, you know, it's okay. But I think from especially when you shoot commercially, you you, you kind of have no, you've got no choice. You have to plan, um, yeah, especially yeah. if you're on a time based or you're shooting an event based type of thing. You just definitely have to plan to make sure you're on top of it. Mm. Uh, but if you're shooting personally, you, you know, you can be free. I feel, um, but I try to do a little bit of both. Because um, it allows you to be organised, but at the same time allows some you know, creative juice to flow, and hopefully you pick up something that you never, you never saw, you never anticipated, um, and you can kind of just. Um, I like it when my brain is working, like um, when I'm at a location or I'm at a shoot or doing something like that, and I, um, like I see, like I see all these different compositions just come to me at the at the same time. That's really exciting, and I feel like I've got no time. You know, I'm working against light here. I want to get these three shots. I want to do that, and like I've now spotted something else. I really enjoy that that rush. I think it's a it's a rush that we all kind of crave when we're out shooting. So definitely, yeah. Um, yeah I, I I I try to do a little bit of both. 
Yeah, nice. With with the commercial stuff, to just give us a bit of a glimpse into what sort of planning you're going into. Obviously, there's you know, as you said, with an event, there's got to be timing involved and and that sort of thing. But you know, beyond that, what what sort of things are you actually thinking about for a, a commercial shoot? Uh, so, so generally, like it's it's um, I try and look at um, a bit of a holistic view when it, when I come to shooting for like commercial clients. So, generally, I like to start with what's the purpose of why they they're shooting certain things. So, like if there's a marketing aspect to it, like obviously, generally speaking, if you're shooting commercial, it's to for them to you know add to their bottom line. And so, yeah, yeah. I try and look at what what their overarching marketing plan is and how how do we support that. So. Um, rather than just going there and try and produce nice, nice shots, I try and um, shoot to the brief, I guess. Um, and so sometimes uh, the your clients won't let you know that they'll just, you know, they'll just say, "Hey, we need you to come and shoot some things," mm-hmm. and then you just kind of have to work it out for yourself. But I try and liaise with a, a commercial client well before that to understand their uh, their full marketing plan and how we fit into that picture. I think when you do that and you get get to understand a um, a commercial client, then they they see you as a little bit more valuable than just a um, like just a, a trigger finger. And yeah. So you're not just there to just take the photos and just yeah, be told what to do. You can producing a pr- producing a, a a body of work at the end of it. You're uh, you're you're part of the creative team, I guess. No, that's right. Yeah, you, you're part of the whole marketing process, you know, and, and I think then you, you can be a lot more valuable to them. And then uh, generally speaking, I find that if you're, if you're able to do that, um, I've, I've found that most clients will come back uh, mm. because they, they, under, they know that you understand how things are done and what they like and what they need. And so, um, so that's one part that I do, um, try to plan around. And then I'll, and then prior to that, I'll actually, depending on the type of client, I'll have a complete shot list. Um, and with each shot list, I try and same thing, leave a little bit of space to find some creative, um, you know, work around. And then if there's time, then you can start start being a little bit more creative because I think that's where, um, you know, if you're going to, um, I guess, um, under-promise and over-deliver, this, these are the parts you can do it with because usually with a shot list, then that's where, um, you know, there's an agreement between you and a client. Uh, but then if you can start producing some little magic moments in between that that's where you become the over deliverer and so i feel like uh, if you can leave some space in there for uh, some creative you know work then you can you can get around that as well and so that's that's generally how i do it um with each different uh, like event-based stuff you've got to be a little bit more um you know time-based i guess you've got to make sure you're you know like you know if you if you need to be somewhere and you need to have tripods set up you've got to be completely all over that or if you've got an assistant there you've got to make sure that they're you know, yeah. they're doing the right things for you or, or whatever it might be. So you're not um, lagging behind or you're not being unprofessional on the shoot. So, um, and then, uh, and then another thing you might just like, I always, I, I generally have all of my gear and everything ready um, like a day or two before I have everything planned out, ready to go. And if I have to create a, um, you know, even a, a physical paper where I've written everything down, then I'll do that as well. Uh, but I know a lot of um, photographers don't get organised until like the day of uh, a shoot. Um, I mentally get prepared like probably over a week before, and then yeah, right. generally That's a day right. or two before everything is is ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not leaving SD cards at home. I'm not, um, 
you know, all my batteries are charged. I've, I've got all the gear. I've got all the right lenses, all the right equipment for the right shoot. And so nothing's, you know, nothing's missing. I've, I think early on when I first started doing that, I definitely, um, I rocked up to a few jobs where like I'd have a, a video shoot and I'd have a gimbal that wasn't charged. Yeah. It's right. just like, oh. Oh, I'm sorry, my gimbal is broken. <laughs> yeah, can, we wait? can we wait half an hour? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely don't want to be doing those things. So there's, there's there's some smaller, you know, detail stuff like that you want to make sure you organise. And, you know, you're thinking about driving times and all the rest of it, just like, you know, you would with any other uh, any yeah. other uh, type of work. How, how do you deal with the uncontrollable things like the the elements and weather? Uh, yeah, that's a really difficult one. Like, I... I just shot a uh, campaign with uh, uh, Shoalhaven, um, mm. Shoalhaven Tourism, and it, it had been pushed back three, four times because of the weather with the rain. Yeah. Um, and in the end, we pushed on ahead, and it was bucketing <laughs> rain the whole time. And so, um, come to the Shoalhaven, it's wet. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And so it was a uh, it was a shoot for all of the uh, the wineries in the the Shoalhaven area. Okay, and yeah. so we. You know, it was uh, myself and another photographer, uh, Rachel Tag, and we we kind of had to just you know combine our heads and how do we make this work from a perspective where we can sell the area uh, by making it look attractive in this bucketing rain. And so uh, it was definitely challenging. And there's like there's certain aspects. Sometimes I might get hired for drone work, and it's just impossible. Like if it's bucketing rain, I, I just can't fly the drone, and yeah, really, right. there's no point anyway. Yeah, you're not going to get much uh, through driving rain. <laughs> no, that's right. You know, like and you're just going to have a, a drone that's damaged by rain or, you know, there's going to be all uh, uh, water on your lens or something like that. So, um, but, yeah, I think it's um, it's difficult, especially when it comes to, um, and I've shot, I feel like every time I've shot for Shoalhaven a few times now and um, I feel like most of the times when I'm shooting for them, it's been affected by weather. Um, and so there was... There was another shoot that I did with them, which was um, a week-long shoot, and um, it bucketed rain for six out of the seven days. Oh, no. And in the one day, we just had to cramp everything in it. So it was a uh, it was a long, long day that one. And we 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 went really, really hard for one day when and we shot you know basically seven days worth of uh, footage and photos in one day. And so it's just, and then I, I ended up coming back the following week just on my own because I just wanted to produce good work for them. But um, um sometimes there's just nothing you can do do about it and you just kind of have to work around it. Like you, you plan as best you can. If you have to bring a water housing with you, you bring a water housing with you and you, yeah. you get on with it. Um, otherwise, you know, and then you try and plan around, you know, the the weather as well. Like if, you, if you've got the ability to shift dates, then you do that too. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. I, yeah, I don't envy some of those challenges. Yeah, it's it's not um it's not nice. I, I definitely that was probably one of the most difficult shoots I've, and it was only just only like a week or two ago. So yeah, but for me that was definitely super difficult because yeah. uh, every time we'd get a little bit of a break in the weather and we'd try and you know shoot something outside, it'd just start bucketing again. And yeah, we're working with models and and animals too in some cases, and so. You know, both animals and people don't really cooperate very well in the uh, challenging weather. One of the reasons why I like landscape photography. <laughs> That's it. You don't have to I, I can do it with the weather not cooperating, but people and animals, forget it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not the easiest, that's for sure. Yeah. And like, you know. 
um, how do you how do you bring something unique to something like your commercial photography? You know, you, you mentioned you know if you've got the time, you you start getting creative. Obviously, you're going to be given a brief, and you know, let, let's say it's a tourism shoot. It's obviously sunny skies, maybe beaches and you know mountains and trees and all that sort of thing. But um, yep. how do you how do you kind of make that work stand out from the the pack? Because Everyone that does that sort of work has got similar briefs. How do you, how do you make it? Yeah. Unique? yeah, it's really it's it's difficult. Um, I I like to um, I like to kind of give myself a bit of a mood board when it comes to things like that. And sometimes it might be where you just you 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 go outside the box and you look at um, when when you're producing a mood board of. Um, or something like that for a safe tourism it might be a, a beachy location tourism shoot uh, sometimes i might find a mood board which is not from a um you know a tropical location i might use something from more of a um you know a completely different industry or some uh, something else where all i'm looking for is like um good creative work uh, mm. from other people that can inspire maybe just a, a certain different idea or something creative like there's a lot of um really good creative photographers out there that i you know that i follow and that i admire and then they just help me help inspire me to do certain things outside the box um and generally speaking sometimes it doesn't work um and sometimes it just it's never going to work but i think i feel like if you start thinking on those levels um and you continually put yourself in that um space where you're thinking outside the box and you're not just producing what's been produced before um because a lot of times like that uh, you know a, a client will say send me something like okay this is our previous campaign um just to give you some ideas of what we've been doing um and and that's a good starting base i guess uh, yeah. but i don't want to do that because you know like if they're especially if they're shooting for a, like to fill their libraries like the, a lot of tourism boards they uh, they have libraries right and so sometimes they need to be re- renewed because things look different or new buildings or uh, new uh, operators are in place and so they need to reshoot and sometimes they just want updated uh, things or or they want to fill gaps in their life they can reach into whenever they need yeah. to run a campaign yeah yeah like unless it's a very specific campaign like right now like for the last couple of years australia's been doing a lot of tourism um uh for the domestic market and yeah. so um because obviously no one's flying in and no one's flying out they're just really trying to get um you know australians to travel within their own country so they're very um, specific campaigns targeted certain uh certain people but with um with most of them they're they're generally just library fillers and so they're trying to find different different gaps and so you you just don't want to shoot what people have shot before because especially if you're shooting on commission and they're buying your images post uh shoot um you want to shoot things that are a little bit more unique because then they're the ones that are going to get purchased in the end anyway if you just produce what's been done then you know there's actually no point you're going to be you know, you're, you're shooting for your day rate or, you know, you're shooting for, you know, you're shooting photos that are just not going to get purchased anyway. So, um, yeah, so for me, I try and look at uh, what they've got in the past and then I try and um, try and think outside the box. I look at different industries and I, I look at different uh, creative areas and how can we spice this up? How can we spice this up to the point where it's still palatable for them yep. and not like not super weird and super crazy where you're doing, you know, um, really strange uh weird artistic things it's not a uh you know you're not trying to sell nfts most of the time you're you're, yeah, right. you're looking to 
um, it's not, not not so much an artwork. It's more about trying to sell sell the location, but in a way that's a little bit more creative and a little bit more unique. Yeah, and right. so, um, a lot of times, a lot of operators will will hire you because of your style as well. So they they appreciate what you do. So you just continue doing what you do as well. Yeah. Uh, you try not to become, you know, something else for for people. Like you know, if they if they they're looking towards you, they're looking for. You know, your work you know they they like your work so you know just continue doing what you do i guess is uh what i would advise the people yeah cool so how do you bring what you've learned in the commercial space and uh you know that into your own work is and i i guess there's obviously going to be bleed over from what you do privately or for your, for your personal stuff into some of the commercial stuff from a creative perspective but is there anything that you bring from that commercial side back into the back into the personal work that you do yeah i think so like i think it's um like because my background is sales and marketing like i i'm able to um like talk to people on a level where i i get what they're trying to do um like i often find um like i'll see an, another photographer's work for um like real estate's a really good example. I think I find some people who produce certain videos for real estate, um, like they might be young teenage, you know, kids that are just, you know, just starting out and these real estate agents are looking for someone to, you know, produce some cheap, um, uh, you know, good videos for them for their houses or whatever that they're trying to sell. Right. And I, but uh, what I what I often find uh, is sometimes I might see because and I'm I'm only bringing this example up because I'm looking at uh, buying somewhere at the moment, so I've been looking at a whole bunch of different real estate videos, but I can tell they're being produced by people who have never thought about living in another home before. Because sometimes <laughs> they'll, they'll they'll focus on taking photos or videos of like um, a pot plant or uh, or yeah. a, a certain portion of the house which makes no difference to me. Like I don't want to see that. I, I want to see what this location. You know what the house has to offer and so that they're, they're kind of missing the brief yeah it's a beautiful image to include in the video but it just doesn't it doesn't have any bearing on uh so i feel like they've kind of missed the brief a little bit so i think for me uh and my background like i've i've got a really um you know like i did 15 years working in the drinks industry working with big big brands and big big clients to work with so i kind of understand um you know the um the overall picture the bigger picture i guess and so yeah. when i when i go and shoot for people commercially i you know i can talk to them in a language that we can we can all understand and hopefully i can get a little bit closer to the final product before we, we've even started the the shoot and so they can feel a little bit more uh, confident and comfortable with me because and i personally don't feel like i'm rocking up going i don't know what i'm doing here because i'm a little bit confused on what exactly they want yeah uh, so yeah, I think my background there has definitely helped me in in that regard, so I can really understand uh, briefs better, and I can understand what I can deliver for for people. Um, and so, I think apart from that, maybe um, I don't know. I feel like um, my um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably it's probably that's probably my biggest thing, just like understanding the, the overall pitch from a commercial point of view. But um, you know, from a um, from a personal point of view, I think I just I just get um, um, like how to how to I guess create my brand is definitely one yeah. one part of it where I you know I understand I can see opportunities where I can maybe uh, tap into a larger audience or build my uh, build my brand in a certain way and I'm being a little bit more strategic the way that I approach things like that um, and then the way that I might be able to sell my own artworks as well I think I'm 
there's definitely a whole bunch of tools that I've picked up in previous careers that um, have kind of contributed to hopefully building a, a bigger and stronger um, artwork uh, business as well. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a lot of talk uh, in in some quarters about you know needing I guess to have a story that either goes along with a piece of work or with your career. How important is that to you, or do you see it as not being important at all? Um, I'd say both. I think it's I think it's super important in certain areas, um, especially when I'm when I'm whenever I do um, film work. For, for a client, I'm always looking to create a story. I'm yeah. always trying to take people on a journey through through video. Um, with photo, it's kind of like, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder sometimes. And so people can create their own stories around that. Or if there's a series of images, then you can start to tell a story with it. But, uh, you know, and depending on the industry and the, and the space, I think sometimes the story isn't needed. Um, sometimes people just find their own story with, you know, especially when it comes to artwork. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I just allow that to have a life on its own in, in the people's eyes who are viewing it. Um, but yeah, from a video perspective, I think it's it's essential. Um, which which for me personally, it's been a little bit harder to produce when it comes to um, short form video content like you know TikTok and Reels. Like I'm just I'm just more used to producing longer form. You know, a few a few more minutes involved, and so it's harder for me to tell a story in you know six seconds um and make it um you know palatable and make it uh consumable for uh for people to enjoy and hopefully grow something out of mm -hmm. uh, uh, so it's been a challenge definitely um uh doing that sort of thing but um yeah i think it's important but i also don't think it's super essential as well like it, especially from a photo perspective i think photos just have their um i don't know their way of breathing life into you know certain people and some people get it some people don't and that's okay yeah. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on this, the the whole story? Uh, I, oh, I I I get where some people are coming from, and I you know I, I think some people are really good at, at expressing themselves graphically and or photographically, you know, and and the image itself stands on its own without any words, uh, you know, alongside it. But I also see. You know, some people that are really clever at wrapping, um, you know, some verbiage around that image, yeah. which can certainly add to it. Um, for me, it's been something I guess I've sort of struggled with about how much I do and how much I don't do that sort of thing, you know. I mean, yeah. to, to be honest, I'm probably a bit lazy, particularly in social media, you know, I might... I might say, here's here's the shot. Here's here's where I took it. I might even put some technical detail. Here's the camera. Here's the settings I use. You know, yeah. Um, I don't go much more than that. And then, you know, if it's Instagram, you know, maybe a bunch of hashtags. But <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't put a lot of time into you know. But you see some people's posts and every post, you know, it's like a, an essay. Uh, yeah, um, that's it. And, I think sometimes it works and like, yeah, I think it can work the other way too sometimes. You, right. I think if the story is organically there with it, then it makes a lot of sense. But I feel yeah. like sometimes less is more when it comes to photos like that. When, yeah. when you try I, I, and... I agree. It does. It shouldn't be forced because if it's forced, yeah. then it's, you know, it, it just looks inauthentic. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel right. No, that's there. right. 
And I, I like I've got this saying where I feel like um, even the dumbest people have a pretty good BS radar. Like yeah. if you're if you're trying to sell something through a story, then you know, people just have this ability to kind of just pick up on it very quickly and say mm, that doesn't make sense. You know, something's yeah. a little bit off here. They're, they're really just trying to sell something that's not there. Um, yeah. So I just find like if that's if that's the case, it's probably just better to go less is more and just leave the mystery in the uh, in the image. You know, let 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 your image do the talking, and you know, hopefully there's there's enough there for people to really appreciate. Um, if there is a story there and it's just, it's always been there, you know, like um, you know, it will ooze through there and it will combine with the image that you've produced too, and you know, they'll both sing together. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like I think it's to, it's it's. I think it's situational and it's, um, you know, each each story will have its own space and some of them, you know, some of them don't need to be told, I think. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. I have, I've, I've got to say, I have seen some really good ones where somebody's expressed um, the, the experience that they've been on, you know, to get that shot. You know, you see some people that, you know, they might hike, you know, 20 or 30 kilometres into the wilderness and climb mountains and pitch a tent beside a, a lake or something. And, you know, yeah. it, it, for me, it's interesting when you see those sorts of shots, which are, you know, they and whether it's a grand landscape or a more intimate scene where, you know, someone's found a, some moss on a rock that they want to, you know, take a shot of, you know. Um, yeah. You know, to, for me, that, that, hearing about how you got there you know i mean for me me driving to the you know um Bronte beach and taking a shot of the the rock pool there i don't think that's going to be terribly interesting to anyone but yeah it'd be like yeah i've got i've got three sets of traffic lights and you know, yeah I've got a red right. light of all of them <laughs> no, no one's gonna, <laughs> almost no one's missed sun, sunrise <laughs> But it, I mean, even when I do, you know, go go on a hike and go on a bit bit of a trek, I'm usually not going too too far off the beaten track either, you know. But that's that's just me, you know. But I know for some people that do that adventure style photography, it, it, it's probably a bigger bigger thing, and you know, and something that can add to the work. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, like for uh, just to give you a, a, an example, a specific example from me, like there's one shot that I um. Like I do enjoy shooting a full moon. That's one of the things I really love shooting, uh, especially if it's if it's happening at um, at sunset because I just like it works with my pastel colors. Yeah, and yeah. so um, and especially on the east coast, you know where we live, it's like it, there's a really unique opportunity because the sun sets on the other side, so you get the reverse sunset pastel colors if it's a cloudless sky, and then yeah. a rising moon would be nice and yellow on the horizon. Um, and so I've, I, there was a shot that I'd been planning for probably over 12, probably over two years, actually. So it's a shot of a full moon with um, with a surfer in the foreground. We oh. shot with a long, you know, 600 mil lens or yeah, you know, yeah. at, least, at least 400 mil. And so uh, for me, it's a shot that I plan. And obviously a full moon only comes around, you know, every, you know, once a month-ish, right? And so, yep. um, and then it usually doesn't always fall at sunset at sunset and so there's only probably like a handful of those each year now if the weather doesn't work out for you then you've you're you're just shooting a, a dull cloud cloudy sky and there's no there's no moon at all and so for me this specific shot that i wanted to get um with a, a foreground subject in the water uh with a full moon took a lot of planning but um 
for me, it took probably, um, I'd say probably six or seven attempts. And almost every time the weather just didn't play ball or um, or I couldn't get a subject in there and it just ended up being a full moon on the horizon and that was it. Um, and I couldn't get all of those things to line up. Um, and so by the time I ended up getting that shot, for me, even though, you know, maybe a lot of other people might look at that and feel like, okay, yeah, it's a good shot or whatever. But for me, the, the story behind that was like, you know, a couple of years of planning almost. Yeah, and then a good many months of like attempts and then every attempt coming up short, just nothing there, just me waiting out, waiting for the moon to rise and then, no, nope, it's not there. Couldn't get it on the horizon. Well, 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 there's a, you know, a thousand metres of cloud in front of it so you don't get it. Yeah. Or the weather, the weather, the the surf's not up, so there's no one in the water, so I can't, you know, I can't get a good foreground subject that I'm yeah, looking right. for. And so for me, then just nailing that shot in the end for me was like extremely satisfying. And so, because um, that one just took a long time, so there was a bit of a story behind that. But the, the shot itself is, you know, it's it's not a it's not a story. Like I mean, there is a little bit of a story because it's a good shot, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, for me, there was there's a lot more attached to it, and so. Um, some people will understand it and some people get it. I think more, the more technical people that, um, that shoot photography can, can understand the planning that goes in behind something like that. For most other people, they can just appreciate being a great photo. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that's the important thing is that, you know, for, first and foremost, it has to be a good shot. You know, your comp's got to be good. You, you, your yeah. technical aspects have got to be good. It's got to be, you know, sharp if you want it sharp, soft if you want it soft, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's got to be a good shot before uh, anyone really wants to hear anything about it, you know, and if, if anyone wants to read more, then great, you know, and if anyone looks at one of my shots and says, I want to know how you took it or whatever, you know, and I've had a few DMs like that, you know, I, I, I'm more than happy to share what I've done and how, how I've done it, you know. Yeah, I think, and I think that's an important thing, like being able to share things like that. Like I feel like for me... Um, I've definitely been big on that. Like I've always been, I've always tried to keep a mentality where if, if anyone who's looking to just learn or anything like that, be be approachable, be be willing to share because um, whether or not you had someone share with you, because I think for me, um, you know, graduating through the space and, and by no means have I reached the, the top of the game and I know everything about photography. That's, you know, far from it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there's plenty of people who think they have. That's really oh, cool. yeah, I know. I, th I know there's plenty that think they're God's gift, but, uh, you know, yeah. I, I still haven't found anyone that actually knows everything about photography. <laughs> no, that's right. And so, like, and so I feel like if it's, it's just the right thing to do. Like, it's the right thing to do is if people are looking for more, it's a, it's a great community when people are able to share uh, information. When people start closing up and keeping things to themselves or, you know, they when Instagram comes becomes a thing and, you know, you're, you're battling against someone else to get, a, uh, to get a paid job for something or you're battling for someone else because you want to you produce that work and you want to show the, the photo because you get more followers or anything like that, I think the, the space becomes a lot more sour. And for me, I don't want to be a part of that. I'd rather just share um i've never felt like i want to hold hold all the cards to myself or anything like that i always felt like i want to you know give give as much as i can because i also feel like it's a bit circular anyway i think if you um yeah if you can show kindness to others you know you you it'll you know 
not to call it karma or anything like that, but I think, you know, only good things can come back to you, mate. And even if it doesn't, at least you know you've done the right thing, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's something I, I, I was always brought up with, you know, treat others as, you, as you'd like to be treated, you know, and yep. I, I always take the take the view that, you know, I, I don't want to make anyone's day worse than it needs to be, you know, yeah. whether it's at yep. work or, or or at play, you know. It's uh, it, it's all about getting on and uh, making sure that, um, you know, everyone's yeah. as happy as they can be. Yeah, and you can always you know sleep well at night too. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of uh, where you shoot, you know, you've uh, shot in a, a heap of places. You mentioned the, the the bucket list shots. What's still on the bucket list for Ben? Oh, the um, yeah. There's definitely a lot of gosh. Where's the um, uh, like the the traveller in me comes out when someone asks me things like that. So there's definitely uh, a lot of places I'd love to go and shoot. Like I think my I. I generally gravitate towards the ocean um i just feel like the ocean has got so many um like you know it's always moving it's always changing it's it's big and rough and crazy and um it's calm and soft and beautiful and you know at both times it, it offers different textures and different colors and different times of day and so i generally love to shoot by the ocean and you know being you know east coast australian it's just natural that you know that's where um, I would prefer to shoot. Um, but when it comes to the bucket list stuff, I think um, I think probably the the biggest places are probably not actually near the ocean. Um, okay. So, um, like, I would love to shoot through South America. I think it's just something like there's so many different locations. Yeah. You know, I'd love to shoot through the, um, you know, I'd love to go back to Europe and shoot again through Europe and just even do, like, some just weird street photography stuff through Europe, even though like I don't, you know, it's weird because whenever people say like, oh, you shoot street photography, and I'm like, yeah, I actually do shoot street photography. You never see it in any of the work that I've produced, very rarely. But I, I like to do that because it's just, um, I don't know, I like I like seeing how different cultures work and I like, love seeing people and doing what they do. Um, so I'd love to shoot street photography through, um, through Europe. But yeah, South America's probably big up there because um, I've never been to South America. So I just love to, I'd love to do a bit of everything there. Shoot the shoot the beaches, shoot the mountains, um, shoot the culture. A bit of a documentary style shooting as well, but um, it's more travel based rather than actual shot based for me. I yeah, yeah. just love to. No, it's know. it's more about the experience than you know picking up any particular shot. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, it's always been that way. I think for me, it's like if I can shoot the experience, hopefully the shot comes out through that. Um, and, you know, and hopefully I'll find a composition with that and let my brain go to work once I'm there. Um, there's not not really um, specific shots, I think, that I'd love to get. I mean, there's there's always specific shots when I get into the details, but um, it's more overall. It's just the um, the experience and the you know the moments for me for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Has the pandemic changed your attitude towards travelling and photography? It yeah, it did a little bit. Um, it's it's only for me starting to to feel a little bit more normal again mm. uh, because for a good period of time there, I didn't shoot anything so it was probably a good nine ten months where my cameras just didn't get used um i had a um i had to make a video for um dji um for uh for a product that they were doing and and for me picking up a camera to produce that video was really strange because and then i almost felt like is this even something that i even want to do anymore like so it was definitely um 
it was definitely a really strange feeling like producing that video because I felt like one, well, you know, they're paying me to to make this thing, but I don't um I don't feel like I'm the right person anymore. I feel like I've changed because, you know, I'm not used to doing this. I felt like a I I, I definitely felt a lot more like just a really weird amateur uh, making right. the video again because just having so much time off. Um, yeah. And it really made me question a lot of things. Um, so I'm not sure if everyone else is in that same view. Like I did a couple of like uh, um, home shoots with um, with my kids just to kind of like have a bit of fun at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was okay, but, you know, there was no pressure on that sort of thing. But when I was hired to do something professionally for someone, um, it felt really strange. Like, and I wasn't like, it, it, it literally made me question whether or not I actually should be doing this because I'm like, I don't think I'm good enough to do this anymore. Yeah, wow. Um, purely because yeah. I've had so much time off and I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know, like, I, I kept on second guessing everything that I was shooting. I'm like, this, this, does this look right? Is this even something like, you know, this is a big brand I'm shooting for. They're going to hate everything that I produce because I don't feel good about it at all. You know, these are the questions. These are the things that are rolling around in my, my brain. So I felt like, um, but it only took like, you know, once we came out of lockdown, like, you know, a couple of weeks of shooting again where I felt like I'm back in the groove. Um, allowed my brain to start just ticking over a little bit, um, shoot a few more things, shoot shoot a lot more personal things. Like, you know, go go out to the beach, just enjoy the beach a little bit more again and shoot, shoot things like that. Um, you know, I started feeling a little bit more comfortable with it. But, yeah, definitely was a little bit strange. I'm not sure how, you know, other people are feeling. I don't think I've spoken to anyone about that before. So I don't know how everyone else has felt. Like, have you asked questions to other people? I have. I, I've asked COVID? that question a few times. And some people, are, you know, they they talk a little bit, not so much about a, a similar experience as yours, but, you know, certainly having that time out from travelling in particular, they've reassessed, you know, and I've spoken to people that have said, well, they've decided to actually focus either on their local area or just Australia or, you know, wherever they happen to happen to live uh, or yep. whether they're, you know, actually more anxious and, you know, G'd up and anxious to get back out there, you know. And so I've had, I've certainly had a range of uh, responses to that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I haven't had somebody say, you know, they, they sort of lost a bit of confidence, you know, during that that period. It's, uh, it's yeah, a, uh, experience of yours, I guess. Yeah, it was. I mean, in saying that as well, like, um, I mean, that was what happened. Uh, that was probably like mid midway through last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where where that kind of was like that that was a feeling that I was having. But then in saying that this year, like um, coming out of lockdown and then uh, the international borders opening up, and then I, you know, had an opportunity to go over to the UAE to um, just for some like influencer st- style like travel influencer work with um, Abu Dhabi, and I was so eager. Like I like in my mind, I had all of these different ideas of how I wanted to shoot things, how I wanted to shoot locations, and it was like almost the completely opposite feeling of how I did, um, you know, midway through last year, where I felt like I don't know what to do. I, I'm second guessing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but over in, you know, going to Abu Dhabi, it was the complete opposite. I felt like I felt like I had all the confidence in the world. I did, just didn't have enough time to shoot the things that I wanted to shoot. Yeah, right. um, I was so eager. I was jumping out of my skin. I think just the opportunity to travel again was really exciting, and I think that's what really contributed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, I think the um, the work I had to do with DJI was like I could only do it at home. We were still in lockdown at the time, so me producing that 
And I think that really did not help. You know, if, if I had the choice, I would be going to a location where, where I could produce the work and make it work. Um, and that really hindered, like my, my brain just wasn't working. Like I think having a few months and I had COVID too, I just had COVID as well. So that didn't, um, didn't help. So I think everything was just like really contributing to me feeling like I don't, I have no confidence, as you said, like I just didn't, didn't think I could do anything. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it's come full circle and I feel, feel really good. I'm, I'm really enjoying um, shooting again at the moment. Like um, I'm enjoying shooting for clients. I'm shooting, I'm enjoying shooting for myself. Whereas I definitely didn't feel that way, you know, probably this time last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, this time last year was certainly a, a bit of a, bit of a struggle for a lot of people you know it's one of the reasons why i started this this podcast because i was there yeah in a lockdown where i couldn't go more than five k's away and i'm in suburban sydney that uh, it's not the most attractive place to shoot but certainly not the style that i like to shoot <laughs> and yeah no, probably, that's right well, that's the same with me too yeah i probably could have got creative or more creative than i was but i thought well i'll actually lean towards something like this in uh, instead of picking up the camera yeah. So I think like it may have given a, a lot of people like um, inspiration, like uh, maybe some, maybe some people felt like a little bit discouraged, like I did in the beginning, but I know a lot of people, like I've got a few friends who are um, uh, musicians and their brains were just exploding with yeah. creativity. You know, they were creating music that they, you know, they were just doing things and experimenting with things and just making things that they never would have had the opportunity to because life was just too busy. And so it's just allowed people to be, you know, at home and alone with their thoughts and their own creativity was able to then, you know, produce magic for some people and some some different creative, you know, outlets. Yeah, right. And so that that's, that was exciting to watch people do that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So what what's your favourite place to to shoot? And don't have to give away exact locations if it's a, <laughs> if it's a secret, you know. Um. I'll, like just in general location yeah, just be, for, your, for your own work obviously yeah yeah I, I mean i'll give a few locations i don't i don't care as i said like i've always been happy to share um certain things so um it's no surprise that i definitely like shooting coastal uh areas uh i love shooting the beach in general uh it doesn't really matter you know which beach or which country as long as there's an ocean involved i'm i'm, I'm always feeling like at home around those those areas but in terms of specific locations i really love i feel like um i feel very lucky to live uh in this part of the world where like the east coast of australia has so many varied um landscapes hmm. like and especially um especially in new south wales where there's you know if you want to shoot some some mountain ranges albeit not very you know big compared to some other countries in the world you've got that and then within you know a couple of hours you can be shooting a beautiful beach that's world famous yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you want to shoot some snow and some you know alpine regions you've got that as well all in the same state so um and you can do it pretty much all year round the same thing um so i feel like we're we're a little bit spot with the options for that um i think if you're a photographer in this state and city um i think you're spot for choice you can do a lot of different um genres and different landscapes that are open to you but um I love shooting Jervis Bay. It's one of my favourite places. It's just yeah. so pristine. I love the white sand beaches. Um, I feel like it's it's an area that's a, a little bit um, undervalued, I think. I think a lot of people just, just don't think about it. Um, I, I, it's just so beautiful down there and I, I feel like almost every time I'm there, if I'm shooting a beach or a, 
you know, a location down there. It's like I'm the only one there. There's no one else. Whereas you can you can go to any of the Sydney beaches like uh, Bondi, Bronte, um, and you're going to be battling that with probably 50 photographers every morning um, yeah, yeah. in each, each different spot, 50 photographers sometimes. Yeah. And so... Um, there's a, there's a yeah. few spots around Sydney where you can get get a bit of time to yourself if you if you're lucky. Some some places yeah. get crowded, but yeah. uh, there there are some places where you, can, you know I've, I I know I've been. Um, I remember a, a couple of mornings actually down at Taramata where I was literally the only photographer there, which blew me away because it's such a popular mm. spot normally <laughs> and you know yeah, it was yeah. sort of there and there was nobody else there i'm going okay what do they know that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah where, have they got some other secret there location a, is there like a tsunami that? coming <laughs> <laughs> that's it that well that that is true like especially up in the northern beaches like i find that whenever i shoot there and especially like you know if you're if you if you're a photographer on the east coast you, you're generally shooting sunrise because that's when the yep. you know the, the light works best for the east coast but um you know, there's a lot of locations up north where there's just, you know, you, you will have that the opportunity to do that. And, I, and it's one of the great things as well. Like if you are a photographer, generally speaking, sunrise is a great time to shoot because a lot of people like to sleep in, so they don't, um, absolutely, you know, they don't, they're not waking up at those times, right? So you got you got these beautiful locations. Generally speaking, you know, without the the hassle of crowds or people crowding your shot or even being in your shot. Um, and then if you do, like if you're a photographer who wants to have a lot of people, you can get that too. You just have to wait a couple of hours and they'll all come out. That's right. Yeah, just wait for the sun to come up a bit further and you, <laughs> the crowds yeah, will be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That, that, unless you're you know, on one of the, the, the far south coast beaches, there's a couple of beaches down there where you, if you want to be alone, they're, they're a good place to do it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um yeah, one of my friends. Uh, I, I got a few friends down lives down there, and every time, like uh, Josh Birkinshaw, whenever I go go down and yep. um, and shoot with him, like I usually just stay at his place, and we'll go we'll go shoot another, you know, early morning or something like that. And it's usually just us two, and we can yeah. go to three, four beaches, and there's just no one around. That's Not it. a single person. Maybe maybe a, the odd surfer every now and then, but um, but almost just exclusively to yourself. And even during the day, like, you know, you can go to the same beaches and there's just no one there. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's pretty been on a few beaches middle of the day with, with nobody else there. And it, it, it's a really interesting experience, I find. It, it's just something something about being in that sort of environment on your own. It just gives you, it gives you a real, even if you're not that far from civilization, it just gives you a real wilderness yeah. feel, I think. Oh, yeah, it does. Like, I think there's there's... There's some, I don't know, there's some sort of uh, meditation that you, you know, you can channel yourself into when you go to these places and you're just alone, you know, you're alone with, you know, the ocean or you're alone with the mountains or you're, you're alone with nature itself. Like there's just something about it. Um, I think we're, and we're very, very lucky to live in a country that's just so large that it offers, um, you know, you don't have to actually go too far away. You don't have to travel, you know, hundreds of kilometres to, to experience that. And so... Yeah. yeah, it's it's and it's super strange because some of these places we talk about are just so so beautiful. It doesn't make sense that no one's appreciating it on, on a daily basis. There's just Absolutely. sometimes there's just no one there. But you know, we'll take it. And we'll enjoy it. Absolutely, I'm not I'm not knocking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, what's the most memorable experience you've had out shooting? Oh, geez. Um, I think about that. I think it's always. Um, 
like I, I, I like to shoot alone a lot. Um, I think it's just, you know, for me waking up early in the morning and then, you know, maybe driving somewhere and having this experience. A lot of the times I'll, um, you know, if I'm driving out somewhere by myself, I'll have like either have like nothing on the radio, I won't listen to anything, or sometimes I'll listen to a random podcast or something. But usually early in the morning, I just kind of like to be alone with my thoughts and just cruise out. But um, and I think there's a benefit to doing that and just shooting. And I'm, you know, haven't said a word for like five hours, just me and my cameras and me just doing my thing. I think there's benefit to that. But I think for me personally, it's always been about when, whenever I've gone on a like a photography specific trip with friends. I just feel like there's just nothing better. Like you, you've got like a, a small community of people just out there looking to be creative and doing the th same thing and they've all got the same feeling as you. Um, so I went on a trip to Tasmania a couple of years ago with a couple of friends and it was only a short trip, but for me, like every every minute of that just felt great. It felt like there's just three of us that are not worrying about the the hassles of stresses of life and bills and things like that. We're just out there with our cameras just enjoying each other's company, shooting in the morning, going and having breakfast and a coffee after, uh, getting some lunch, shooting the sunset, and then having a few beers after for three days straight. There's just nothing better than that. Nice. Um, so I, I think for me, like, I feel like um, whenever I get those opportunities, like, I just you just got to soak them up because they don't always come around too often. And so, um, yeah, just being able to enjoy it with like-minded people is something special for sure. Yeah, no, that's great. What about uh, printing? You, you mentioned you, you sell prints. Are you printing yourself? Or are you using a print service? And if so, you know what what are you what are you doing with uh, those guys? Yes, I think um, just prior to COVID, I ended up buying my own printer. So it prints up to A two size. So any prints that are sold up to A two size, I print myself, uh, and it's been a really uh, frustrating and enjoyable at the same time experience doing that. Um, uh, just, you know, doing a learning curve and making sure I'm printing things correctly and as good as, you know, professional printers is, um, has been a bit of a learning curve and I've, I've, it's uh, a, I've been fortunate. Art, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely is. It's, it's, um, you know, you, you got to go through your little mini apprenticeship basically to, to understand how to prepare uh, an artwork for print and then printing correctly and then even packaging it as well so um you know and i've been fortunate enough to to have a few friends that have um done some printing themselves so like a uh friend of mine craig uh he's surfing earth on instagram which i don't think he's i think he's stopped printing now but he's um he used to print for a lot and i love his work and um i managed to go around his place and just learn a lot of the techniques used for printing and doing it properly yeah. uh, so i do print uh, a lot of uh, prints myself when I can and it's definitely a lot more financially um, especially if you're if you're printing a lot and you're printing regularly it makes sense to print yourself yeah uh, it might be a little bit of an investment in the uh, in the front end but it works out a lot in the um, you know over the long term but um, anything over a2 or anything framed I use I use different services for that side so uh, for any overseas purchases I've got a few different ones for that I use for like the states or the UK or Europe uh, and then I've got one that I use for um, Australia as well, which is just local in Sydney. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I like it's definitely um, definitely something I've enjoyed doing printing myself. But um, it's nice also to be able to just um, uh, 
not have to hassle with it, like the framing process and have someone be able to produce really great professional work that, you know, I don't, you know, and especially for me, like I love that passive income part of it too, where yeah. you know, my prints just live on the website. And then when someone purchases it, it just, it, it flows through the system and I don't have to really do anything. And I'm now people are able to have, have my work in their house or their space or whatever. Um, and I've got a nice little passive income flow out of it as well. So yeah. Nice. What do you what do you see as being the biggest challenge facing photographers right now? Uh, I, I think the um, the the medium term it's going to be the the um, the rise in and it already probably has a little bit uh, the rise of cell phone technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, it's going to allow it's going to allow a lot of photographers to um, or allow a lot of people to take relatively decent photos um with their phones and not use photographers um and especially with the computational photography that comes with that the software developments that come with cell phone technology um i find that um and even like just the 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 use of ai as well i think you know it's it may it may force a lot of photographers to be a little bit more extinct in in terms of how they compete with their work or um, whether it be um, commercial, like whether they're selling their work or not, or just just being noticed in a space. Yeah, yeah. I think um, like in the past, you could just take a really great landscape photo and it would be really appreciated. But now, um, you know, people can you know sky replace a um, you know a, a landscape photo and it can look extremely epic mm. um, straight off the bat, and you don't have to really do any work, or you can even just produce it in Blender altogether. Yeah. Um, you know, and so. I don't know. I feel like there's definitely going to be some competition ahead with um, the way technology goes. But I think, as we you know mentioned before, like you just got to roll with the punches and try and adapt to it. Mm. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure where to go with that, but I, I can see there's, there being a um, a big hurdle in the future. And same with um, yeah, same with these stock free stock um, uh, photo websites and things like that. I feel like it's it's make it harder and harder for um, to make money out of the stock make money out of yeah or even or even just um not even uh make money out of stock but even for photographers to be hired because yeah. the stock is available for them so people don't, are not even getting hired for their work because they just can go download something that kind of fits their bill yeah. and so i think um yeah i think and, and i think the biggest challenge with that is that, like photographers are being under underappreciated and so i'm finding that with some of me quoting with like the more quotes i do each year gets harder to quote people because they value your work less yeah um, yeah and so it's it's more important than ever to stand out more that you can you know sell your um ideas rather than just you being a camera mm. um then you know if you can if you can be one that can create ideas rather than just be someone who can take photos uh, that's how you kind of are going to battle that in the short term. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of hurdles coming up in the future. And I feel like, and who knows? I think I think also camera uh, brands are going to start producing less, um, just because you know a lot of that is shifting over to cell cell phones and mobile phones and stuff like that. So I don't know. Do you what do you see in the future for uh, what are the hurdles? I don't know. I I, I certainly agree with you on a on a number of those points one of the other ones i think that's sort of just starting to creep in now is um the 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 rise of ai photography and 
what I'm talking about there is not necessarily using AI sharpening or AI denoise or, you know, those sorts yeah, of Yeah, creating like virtual scenes. But actually, yeah, creating a, a scene from scratch. So, you know, it's it, it's sitting there generating the image. Um, I kind of see that as being a, a, a really different um, take on the art of photography. And I see it kind of being, a, because, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but the people that are kind of getting into that and doing that sort of thing probably are looking at that from more of a commercial perspective. So the reasons behind yeah. creating that work is more towards making money out of it as opposed yeah. to necessarily the artistic merit because, yeah, to be honest, yeah, the AI process, it's a program generating it and yeah okay i can appreciate i'm an it guy i can appreciate the the um the technology and the art that went into the technology to develop that piece of work but it's kind of I, I look at it kind of through squinted eyes going yeah i'm not just not sure that i not sure that i buy that it's actually art you know <laughs> yeah no, Does I forget who, that. Like, who, yeah. who's, who owns it? Does the program that generated it own it? Well, they can't because they're not a physical entity. They're not a, you know, uh, yeah. an entity, a, a legal entity. So does the programmer own it or does the guy that pushed the button to tell the program to start it own it, you know? So it brings in no, a, that's right. a whole bunch of different questions for me. Yeah, and I think, like, I mean, at the moment, it's like, you know, like the programs like Blender, which, you know, you can create scenes and like, and I think it's a little bit more of a design process at the moment. So, you know, I mean, you can pull certain things and add add to it. And I, I, I haven't used it before, so I don't really know too much about it. But I get that, like, you know, some of the creative people that are doing with it, they're, they're definitely creating some very incredible, you know, strange and, um, you know, they're creating like images that you would very it'd be very difficult to produce with a camera yeah. um especially because you know you're adding you know you're adding certain really weird aspects to it you're putting a whale in the sky or whatever it might be um and so i feel like at the moment there is a lot of um creativity that can go into it because you're still choosing how that composition works and um and how it works and i know a lot of digital artists that you know produce work from very varied amounts of different stock photos and they create this um composition which is beautiful and i and i and i definitely don't i don't discount that i don't um in, in fact i i've got a lot of friends who i feel like produce really great work with that i feel like it's probably maybe the future of that which becomes a little bit more murky where you know you can just push a button and just say give me a scene that like with this work which i've produced in the past which is similar yeah. and then there's no creativity that goes in it and it's just like the computer just learns a couple of different um you know, you just give it a couple of examples of, of work that you, that has been produced in the past, and then it spits out something else. That's yeah. similar. I think that's where that's where it probably could go too. And so that's a little bit interesting. Um, I'm not sure how that works. It's it's, it's almost like um, I kind of liken that to like celebrities getting into selling NFTs. Yeah. Where they haven't really done anything. They've just had someone create like you know a cartoon picture of them or something and. You know they've they've put a different hat on one and they put some sunglasses on another one and then they sell them i kind of liken it to that there's nothing that's really gone into it apart from putting their name to it um exactly, yeah. so uh, I, yeah it's a little bit strange and a little bit weird but hopefully i think you know 
generally speaking, people who appreciate art um, appreciate it more. You know, some like as we said, some people appreciate just looking at a piece of art, and and but I think for the majority of people, they understand the. Um, you know, the, there's a little bit more to it. I think if if you're just doing a one click piece of art, um, I I can't see people purchasing that for any vast amounts of money. Um, Maybe unless it's unless it's sold to them under false pretense, where it's like no, well, no, there's, no there's plenty of that in the real art world now, anyway. No, nah, there, yeah, there's plenty of that already. You know, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that. Um, but yeah, so I think you know there'll, there'll be some pretenders that come out of that as well. But I think maybe some you know, as I said, like you know, the, it was the same thing when people shot film before. You know, they didn't they probably didn't view people shooting on digital as as true photographers. They just yeah yeah you know, you, can, you can get you know 20 photos wrong and um, not even care about it because you can delete them all you know and so then there's there's no true process there yeah. um and so like and i, I still appreciate i don't discount I, I don't look at it the other way going you know you're um you just you're too old for this technology well, I, there, I feel like there's a lot of digital photographers that have moved into film so you know no that's right it's it's definitely coming full circle with that now like you know yeah. a lot of people just love you know they love the film look and i do and, i do wonder i mean i'm at an age where i started with film and i do kind of wonder whether it's just that sort of vintage nostalgia kick that you know yeah every, I, I definitely think 20 or 30 years or you know something from 20 or 30 years ago becomes popular and you know a bit like you know mind, mind you you know vinyl music you know that that was a thing when i that was all you had when i was around uh, <laughs> as a it. kid and you know that that's sort of kicked on and it's developed its own life and i think you know to be honest i think beyond that that's probably that particular genre has gone beyond uh you know just the the nostalgia kick out of it but um yeah i do i do wonder sometimes with with some of the uh film photography thing whether it's just you know cool to have a an old pentax or an old olympus or, or whatever and you know be shooting 35 mil you know? <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm like i know that there's like there's definitely some diehard uh film shooters out there and like oh definitely you know, yeah. I, 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 I've thought about it like a few times, but like at the same time, like I don't know. I feel like my life's just too fast paced for me to. Um, I, I, I live. I, I enjoy enjoy I shooting it. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it's the thing as well. Like I enjoy shooting a, a, a hundred crappy photos that I'll never use. You know, that's right. I, I feel like if I take if I take that over to film, I'm just I'm spending needless amounts of money that I don't exactly, want. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, I don't want to waste. Right. I can still produce the film look with uh, with digital too. So if I want to go that way, I can do go that way too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's certainly not a not a cheap thing to do. You know. I mean, I've I've still got my my old Minolta and a, a couple of lenses. Um, and you know, I I use them occasionally, but to be honest, it, it's just bloody expensive. And yeah, it's very expensive. <laughs> I, I, I just don't see the point in doing it when I can do, you know, I, I find that I can do more with, with digital um, uh, myself anyway, you know, it, and it's, I mean, even in the digital space though, you do have the people that are, you know, sort of that purist, I've got to get, everything in the one frame in the one exposure you know and it's all straight yeah. out of camera or as much straight out of camera as possible yeah the, no no image stacking no hdr no yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
which know, which is great. Around. That's that's skilling on it in and of itself. You know, if you can if you can get that technical side done, and you you're doing absolute minimal editing, you know, um, you know, all power to you. But you know, I I also see it along similar lines. You know, you you look at Ansel Adams. You know, who's, you know held up as the the grandfather of uh landscape photography in the film space you know he was doing yeah. composites back back in the 40s and 50s and so forth so yeah you know <laughs> yeah well that's it like but i think that's that's the thing i think if people get too um you know like uh, uh too snobbish about the the way that yeah. you produce art like I, and it's probably the one of the reasons why i i can still appreciate people who produce digital art um, because it's just a different space, you know, and it's it's like I, I feel like I don't want people to, you know, have a go at me because maybe I I over-edit my colours or something because of, um, you know, and they were like, well, that's not realistic of the colours. And I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not actually trying to be realistic with the colours. I'm not, actually just trying to produce art that I appreciate. That's a realistic choice that you make, you know. Yeah. And so, and like, and and for people who don't do that and who do minimal editing, and you know, they they want to have it exactly as the eye saw it on the on the day or the time when you shot it. I'm the power to you as well. So, uh, yeah. because I still I definitely produce that type of work as well. Like a lot of my commercial work kind of looks a little bit more close to that. So, yeah, you know, you'd a want lot it of to. my commercial clients don't <laughs> want you know they want to they don't want to have a, a pastel scene when they're just trying to convey you know something something else that's more commercial for them. That's you right. Know, I, don't, I don't want to produce a you know, if you are a real estate photographer and then you just start, you know, softening the colours of a, a house and then someone gets there and goes, this is not the same colour house that I just saw, you know, like <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah, about that. So it's, you know, it's very about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, like I, I just feel like I don't I don't discount anyone who produces yeah. however they like to produce it, you know, and, and you know, a lot of people uh, appreciate it. Some people don't and just, yeah. you know, that's to each their own. For me, for me, the AI photography, as as long as it is, you know, sold or you know presented as digital art, I don't really have a problem with it at all. It's when it gets presented as photography where I sort of go, mm -hmm. okay, well, is it is it really? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. And I think yeah, you can like if you if you're trying to say things are like. Um, you know, there's definitely sometimes where where you can you can clearly see where someone has sky replaced something, and they've they've sold it off as like, oh, what an incredible, uh, what an incredible morning it was out there. And I'm like, well, hang on a second, you've used the sky, which is like the the, the shadows are casting the wrong direction. This is yeah, quite yeah. clearly not how it was. You know, like I I can tell because I I can see you haven't you haven't even done a You've done a cheap done a good job. <laughs> yeah and then you've tried to sell it off as exactly how it is like i i just the way like you know especially if i'm producing for somewhere like instagram um sometimes i will do sky replacements but i'll do sky replacements with the sky of the day just so i can get the the format correctly so yeah. it might be or sometimes like if i'm taking a photo with a drone I'll, I'll use my um like my handheld camera to take a photo of the sky and i'll use that because i can get more dynamic range than yep. I can with my with my drone, and yeah. so it's exact same scene, exact same sky, but I've just used it and I've replaced it with something where I've got more dynamic range with. And so for me, like um, I, I'm not I'm not exactly lying. I've I've composited two different photos, but it's exact same scene. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas some people, I'm, you know, it's the same. I'll, I'll call out if I'm doing exposure blending for dynamic range, then I'm saying here's a blend of five exposures or three exposures or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's right. And I don't, I, I, I wouldn't even care if you didn't call that out. Like, I think if it's this, if it's the same no, thing, I, I think some people won't read it. the caption, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They don't. Um, but yeah, but if you're trying to say, no, no, there was a, um, you know, the, there was this perfectly formed um, flying V of ducks coming through this scene and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they just so happened to go through the, the full moon, which was also happened to be right when the sun was in the sky as well, like, yeah. and, you know, an epic sun sunset with lightning in the photo as well. Like, you know, you're starting to... Yeah, just just as a whale was yeah. breaching in the foreground in the... In yeah. The <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think that that might be a little bit much, you know. And so, but yeah, I think like yeah, people are just producing, um, you know, work and trying to palm it off as re realism when it's not, when it's quite clearly just a, like a composite of whatever. When, when when people are being inauthentic, that's that's when it becomes a problem. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I do, I do enjoy people who can um, blend the two together to somewhat like where it's not so completely. It's not. It's not just fantasy, yeah. but it could potentially be a real scene, yeah. uh, but it's not. Um, like there's there's a photographer that I follow, and he does a lot of digital work with his work, and it's just beautiful. Like it's, I think, I think his name is um, Noir or Noise or something, okay. uh, N O I S. And some of his scenes are just quite clearly they're not real, but he makes them look incredibly well blended. Yeah. Um, uh, like he doesn't he doesn't say that it's not real, but it's quite clearly they're not real, but I just love his work. I love what he does. And um, like some people would probably look at it and think it's real, but like anyone who knows photography would look at it and go, that's just an impossible scene. There's never like a billion birds surrounding, you know, uh, the Eiffel Tower like that or whatever. Yeah, right. um, and so, um, but yeah, his work is incredible. But I think, um, you know, I just, I just feel like, I don't know, don't, don't try and be something a, you're not and try and sell it as that like he doesn't try and sell it as like this it was an amazing scene like he doesn't write in his caption how lucky am i to experience this like <laughs> he doesn't do that either so yeah. um, what do you like to do when you're not out shooting um i like to play sport like a, a bit of a soccer player so i enjoy playing soccer um i like um I've got three three little girls, so they definitely keep me um, on my toes for a lot of things. Um, I generally I just like to travel. Um, so sometimes when we go away on trips, like there'll be days where I just won't pick up the camera. Yeah. Uh, or if I do bring the camera, it's more to just ca capture memories and not really to produ produce anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I still like to, I, I would say when I'm not um, shooting, I'm still kind of shooting, but for different reasons, I guess. Um, I've, I've just like during COVID, I've just recently started playing chess again, so that's been fun too. So a bit of a a weird nerdy thing to do, but I've really enjoyed playing chess. I'm trying <laughs> to play like you know, a, a game that's or two a day. So. About playing chess. <laughs> so um, I don't know what else do I do. Um, I, I just generally like being outdoors and uh, enjoying like the you know sometimes I go on a like a hike or. Um, you know, I walk with friends or whatever. I just enjoy doing that. So I definitely like being outside. Um, in saying that, as as any uh, good photographer or videographer, you probably enjoy, maybe not enjoy, but you know, the, the countless days of sitting at a computer for 
endless hours editing. Uh, that's definitely something that I, I feel like most of my spare time has been um, spent editing, whether it's personal or not. I yeah. sometimes like yeah. if I've just got you know an hour spare, I'll just go look over old photos and just start editing things. Sometimes photos that I've like some of the work that I put out is some something that I've shot maybe years ago that I just never never was happy with or never felt like I was good at editing. I didn't feel comfortable with it. And so I just go back and revisit it sometimes too. So yeah. it's like for me, it's definitely part of the process for me. I like editing. It's half of what I do. Yeah. Like yeah. It's where you bring photos to life through the edit. Yeah. I'm, I'm much the same. I, I, I think if you, depending on how you shoot and how you, how you, you know, want to, want to create, um, you know, understanding the editing process and, you know, enjoying that process is if you don't love that as much as you love getting out shooting or nearly as much, then, you know, it's going to be very hard to be a, a photographer unless you're in into that minimalist editing sort of or yeah. camera sort of genre. And, and that's fine. I, I feel like people who, who edit, minimal i feel like i'm missing out an opportunity to be creative because um yeah. you know and that's fine like I'm, I'm not judging people for that but um like for me like i really enjoy i really enjoy looking at a raw image and deciding what i'm going to do with it Sorry. um and then taking it to different areas and sometimes i'll even produce a couple of different versions of it and then you know i'll might mull on it and i'll sit on it so one, one thing i like to do especially for um whether or not i'm not sure i want to put this out into the world is I'll I'll put that image on my phone screen and I'll just leave it there until I feel like and each time I pick it up when I go back to revisit it and I look at my phone and I realize did I enjoy looking at that for the first time again for I haven't seen it for many hours or whatever um, and if it if it constantly stays that way for a few days then I feel like okay I'm really comfortable with this so I'll, I'll let this go out or I'll I'll look at it again and I'll realize. No, it needs a little bit more editing. It needs something something different, or like maybe this color is not quite right. And it just it, it's taken me a few times to look at it separately to to understand that it's not right. And then I'll go in there and adjust it. Or if it just doesn't work, I'll just remove it and it goes back into the pile and I'll revisit it again in a couple of years. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Are there any uh particular photographers that uh you find inspirational at the moment that uh you think i should be talking to oh you should be talking to um i don't know who you've spoken to actually i, I, I oh. wonder who's on your uh your list Are you, have you spoken to mainly australian australian photographers yeah it's been a mix of uh got some people from the uk the us and and canada quite a few new zealanders as well as aussies um uh, it would be good um probably the salty wings guys would be a great chat actually okay um yeah. they've got some really like um do you do you know the salty wings guys I do yeah i follow on yeah yeah so um like jumps, I feel like is a great guy. Like he's he's yep. we've got the same birthday, which is always great because okay. we wish each other happy birthday every every uh, every July. Um, yeah, Jumpal is a really great guy. I really um, I like I feel like I can chat to him for hours on end. Every time we catch up, we're just yeah we we chat forever. Yeah, he's right. just got great thoughts on everything. Like he's got a really good brain for photography. Um, does a lot of commercial work as well as you know they're 
they're, they're quite a successful um, duo of um, you know, art print specialists. So yeah. they, they definitely, you know, they produce, you know, great location type artworks for, um, you know, for everyone. So they're one of the, they're probably one of the bigger, bigger groups in, um, in Australia selling prints. Yep. Uh, but they also have a really good eye for um, general uh, photography, landscape, commercial, the whole lot. So, yeah, I really, and I think they're just very insightful. Uh, you know, they understand the commercial aspect of things. They, but they also get, um, they get, they also get the art and 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 uh, jumps um, eye for detail and certain things. Like his photography is definitely very different to what they produce from a commercial point of view in terms of their artwork, um, their print store, and everything like that. Um, so his his work is, you know, he loves to go through these these different. Um, you know, fantasy, different types of scenes and vignettes and things like that. So I think that'd be great to chat to, um, whether or not it's both of them or, um, you know, individually. Um, who else? Um, Josh Birkinshaw is a good one. I don't know if you've spoken to Josh before. Oh, yeah. I can't hear you. Are you on mute or am I on mute? Sorry, I, I went on mute. I've got a Got a bloke here doing some work and he's drilling, <laughs> drilling. So I'm trying to take the drill yeah, out. Around. Um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to Josh uh, before. He was he was on an earlier episode. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Um, and then um, oh, I don't know. There's a few. Um, well, like from a landscape perspective, there's um, oh, there's so many good ones. Yeah, there's so many good people out there. Yeah, no worries. All right, well, I've got one more question, and it's uh, probably about one of the most important issues facing uh, photographers uh, of all genres, but mostly landscape photographers for some reason. Um, do you like pineapple on pizza? Um, I like pineapple. I do not like pineapple on pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a... Uh, I mean, in saying that, I've, I've eaten it before and I've, I've dealt with it, but I could go either way. But if I've, if I've got a preference, it's no pineapple no, on pizza. I'm not, I'm not stoic about it. Some people will uh, they'll fight to the death on it. I'm not, a, I'm not a fight to the death on it. I'll eat it if I have to, but I, uh, if I choose, I'm, I'm choosing not to have it. Fair enough. So you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not ordering a Hawaiian? No, I'm not ordering Hawaiian, no. I'm not. <laughs> How about you? Are you, a, are you a pineapple on pizza person? Um, if it's there, I'll I'll eat it. If it's not there, it doesn't bother me, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, again, it's not something I'd order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me, Ben. It's been great getting to know you <laughs> and learning a lot more about uh, you know how you do what you do. Where can people find your work? Uh, so you can find me. Um... You can probably find me on Instagram. Uh, it's just Ben Mac. If you look up Ben Mac, it's Ben Mac underscore. But if you look up Ben Mac, hopefully Instagram will do the right thing and show show you who I am. Um, other than that, you can check out my website. It's uh, it's oceanfields.com. And that's that's pretty much it. Those are where, you know, Instagram's good. Twitter's good. It's all the same username. I'm even on YouTube as well. So I probably need to do more YouTube videos. But, uh, you know. I'm everywhere, but I'm I'm mainly probably I'm probably most active on Instagram. Oh, fantastic! Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it.
Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.